Hello, this is Pete Beck III with thirdpeter.com. Welcome to today's podcast, which is part of the Discipleship Foundation series. This is chapter 35. Lordship Matters, Lord of My Heart. One of the major differences between the Old and New Covenants is that the New changes us at the heart level. Hebrews 10.16 says, This is the New Covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts so they will understand me, them, and I will write them on their minds so they will obey them. That's the New Living Translation. The New Covenant is a radical departure from the way God related to people. Under the Old Covenant, obedience to the law was the basis for having a proper relationship with God. Blessings were attached to obedience and curses to disobedience. Personal performance measured our connection with God. In the New Covenant, obedience springs from the new heart that God puts within us via the new birth and the indwelling Holy Spirit. Rather than focusing on outward compliance, the new covenant is a matter of the heart where faith dwells. Although most Israelites served God as a matter of law, even under the old covenant there were individuals who connected with God from the heart. They were forerunners of what was to come. One example was Abraham, whose heartfelt faith opened the door for him to have a right relationship with God. This is recorded in Genesis 15, verses 5 and 6, where it says, Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars, if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed God, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. New Living Translation. Abraham is a wonderful example of New Covenant life. His faith in God's promises produced obedience to his commands. Faith, which resides in the heart, reveals itself through acts of obedience. James 2, 22 and 24 says it this way, You see his, that is, Abraham's faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened, just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. That's the New Living Translation. However, our obedience does not regenerate or save us. Only Christ's perfect work of redemption can do that. By faith, we connect to his perfect work so that it is transferred to us. John 6, 29 says, Jesus told them, This 
is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the NIV. However, it is also true that faith produces obedience that testifies to its presence in our lives. If we say we believe God will take care of us but refuse to take any risks, our words seem hollow. Abraham took the risk of leaving his home, friends, and culture to pursue God's promise. That proved he believed God. Interestingly, all this took place before God ever gave Moses the law. Moses was the man through whom God gave Israel the law. However, his own relationship with God was from the heart. One interesting verse illustrates this. Psalm 103.7 says, He made known his ways, that is, God made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. Legalism only looks at performance or acts, but God knew God, but Moses knew God's heart and ways. It took a man of faith who knew God's heart to act as a mediator between God and Israel. In this way, Moses foreshadowed Christ, the ultimate mediator. David was a man who lived after Moses and was under the law. However, he related to God outside of the parameters of the narrow confines of the Mosaic law. When he was hungry, the priest gave him bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He worshipped God openly in what was called the Tabernacle of David, where the ark was kept, which only the high priest was supposed to have access, and that only once a year. He was forgiven for sins that technically required the death penalty, murder, and adultery. David was described as a man after God's heart. Despite his many faults, his heart had been captured by God, which is a new covenant reality. Acts 13.22 says, But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. New Living Translation. Despite committing serious sins during his lifetime, David's overall orientation toward God was one of love for him. His relationship with God made him willing to serve the Lord with a whole heart. David also seemed to have an unusual an unusual for his day relationship with the Holy Spirit that is our new covenant normal. After he repented for his sin with Bathsheba and against her husband Uriah, he begged that God would not remove the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
He said in Psalm 51, 10, and 12, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. The New Living Translation. Perhaps David only had the Spirit with him, whereas New Covenant believers have the Holy Spirit within. We depend on him to transform us from the inside out and enable us to serve God from the heart. Nevertheless, King David experienced elements of New Covenant life. This is not surprising when we realize that in addition to being a king, he was also a psalmist and a prophet. His life foreshadowed our Lord and his coming messianic kingship. Our acknowledgement of Christ's lordship is our declaration that we will follow his teachings and walk in step with his spirit in accordance with our hearts being captured by God. Our deepest need in this regard is for God to remove from us duplicity of heart. David the psalmist wrote, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Psalm 86, 11 and 12, English Standard Version. We depend on the Holy Spirit to give us integrity in the innermost part of our being, the heart, so that we are not double-minded. Duplicity causes us to be unstable and unreliable, James 1.8. Only God can make this happen by His Spirit as we continue in God's Word. John 8.31 and 32 says, If you abide in my word, and you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. ESV. And then for 2 Corinthians 3:17 and 18 reads, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, and the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. New Living Translation. Like Abraham and David, we are challenged to be obedient from the heart without wandering into the joy-sapping world of legalism, which is our default frame of mind, if we fail to keep our focus on Christ and His grace. We become legalistic whenever we try to obey the Lord in our own strength rather than rely upon the grace of God. We can tell when we're walking in the Spirit because we will enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. If we stray into legalism or licentiousness, we will bear the opposite fruit. Galatians 5, 19 and 23. God's grace teaches us to obey God's word and to abstain from evil, but it does so through the power and working of God's Holy Spirit 
the only one who is able to live the Christian life. Titus 2, 11 through 14. Calling Jesus Lord, then, is a pledge to love Jesus and his word from the heart as the Holy Spirit transforms us from within with the expectation that this will produce joyful obedience. Like the Apostle Paul, we can experience what it is like for God to work into our lives a love for God's will in combination with the grace for doing it. Philippians 2.13 When we engage God's will with God's grace, obeying the Lord becomes a joy. 1 John 5, 3-5 says, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever or whoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. New American Standard Bible. A good test for how well we are walking in step with the Spirit is to ask ourselves if we find joy in obeying God. If I'm struggling in some area, it may be because Jesus is not yet Lord of that part of my heart. We are continually challenged to surrender and resurrender our hearts to the Lord. The flesh never goes away and never reforms. It will be with us until we die physically and are later resurrected, always trying to pull us off course. Following Christ is a grace-filled pursuit of making Jesus the Lord of my heart. Thank you for listening.